Need Memorial Day plans? Look no further than the Heroes Honor Festival. Join Toby Keith, Justin Moore, Craig Morgan, and special guests including Ron DeSantis in honoring our veteran heroes May 27th and 28th at the Daytona Speedway. Every ticket purchased sponsors a veteran to attend. Plus, enjoy activities for the whole family. Kids 12 and under free. Get your tickets today at HeroesHonorFestival.com. That's HeroesHonorFestival.com. Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right guys I'd like to welcome you back to the rowdy maglite show on a monday night hey we're gonna uh kind of break a little protocol here and we're gonna go right into uh stuart friesen's win in the truck series Man, what an awesome uh, for that uh, number 54 Helmar Toyota guys get him a win in the truck series. And I, I see Kyle. Kyle, what do you think about that number 54 Toyota in uh, Victory Lane there at Texas? Rowdy, it was uh, good to see Stuart Friesen back in Victory Lane. Uh, you know, first win in two and a half years, first one of the Toyota banner. And uh, they've been doing really good. Um, they've shown the speed and Finally, they, uh, he got rewarded with it and got himself on the truck one, and they're in the playoffs too. So, uh, good, good, good win for Stuart Friesen. And uh, you know, uh, just that's how you know Christian Eckes was doing pretty good too as well. But Stuart Friesen came out with the win, so uh, definitely good to see that that how Mark Friesen played out of that in victory line. Well, uh, speaking, of, uh, Christian's knocking on the door, guys. Uh, I think he's just getting the feel of the truck like he needs and. Uh, Kyle, I, I think he's going to bring it. He's going to have a, a truck victory, if not a couple of them, before the season's over. Still early in the season, and, you know, we still we got Charlotte coming up and Gateway. So, uh, you know, we got a lot of races coming up. So there's definitely going to be a lot of opportunities. And you know, I think that win last year at Vegas really helped uh, with his stock. And uh, just good to uh, good to see them back. Um, good to see more sport back. Looks like they're back to, to form. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll have to see what happens the rest of the season. Well, well we got you, Kyle. Let's uh, jump on over to your night at the racetrack on Thursday night. How did it, it go with you, Kyle? It was good, Rowdy. Uh, I know we have that audio loaded in, but uh, it was good to uh, see the World of Outlaws late models at uh, Bloomsburg Fair Raceway, and, uh, you know, uh, good to see that, uh, you know, Max Blair, a PA guy, get the win, and it was good to uh, see that happen. All right, well, we're going to play that real quick, Kyle. Hold us, hold on there. Kyle Mag with the Rowdy Maglite Racing Media here with the winner here tonight at Bloomsburg Fair Raceway for the World of Outlaw Late Models. Uh, Max Blair, you lead every lap tonight. Uh, how did the car, how was the car? I know you really, you really become accustomed to this place. Yeah, uh, I think we were pretty good. Um, you know, we, we got fortunate and drew a front row starting spot. Um, that's big in any anywhere you go nowadays against this kind of competition. So um, there are a lot of stuff lying up our way tonight. We ended up with the tire going down. The tire was flat by the time we got to victory lane there. So, uh, you know, we had a lot of stuff to go our way. But, um, win these races, you always have to have some luck on your side. Yeah, what was it like racing the World Outlaw Late Model tonight? Uh, it's awesome. We've been running running with these guys all year. It's a dream come true. Um, you know, I can't thank Viper Motorsports enough for giving me this opportunity, and uh, hopefully there's many more of these to come. Yeah, how was how was it when you hit lap traffic? Did it tighten up? Did it loosen up? Any adjustments? Uh, I, you just kind of hold on through the holes and hope hope you come out where you need to be. It, uh, it was pretty hairy there a couple times, but you know we had uh, we had the gods on our side tonight, and here we are. How's the rest of the weekend looking? Uh, I'm hoping the rain holds off tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to going to Marion Center. Uh, it's a place that I really enjoy racing at. So hopefully the the weather holds off and we get to do that one. Well, Kyle, uh, big big night, wasn't it? I mean, he led every lap. Yeah, it was a good big night for him. He led every lap in the feature, and 
Max Player has really become accustomed to Bloomsburg. Uh, he's run really well there in a late model, and um, it's just good to uh, have a PA guy beat the World of Outlaws late models. Uh, Dennis Herb Jr. was second. Uh, Josh Richards was third. So uh, then Marion Fetter, Dennis Herb Jr. won. And then uh, Saturday night at Port Royal. Uh, Tampa, I, I almost forgot who won. Uh, Drake Satterley was second. Rick Eckert was third. And, uh, you know, we had three nights for the Wool of Outlaws late models. So I'm glad we got all three nights in. And uh, it was a good weekend for the Dirt Guys Rowdy. Uh, Stuart Friesen won in the truck race at Texas. Uh, Kyle Larson won in the Wool of Outlaws sprint feature at Attica Friday night. But every lap of that one. And then uh, Tyler Reddick won in the Xfinity race on Saturday. So good weekend for the Dirt Guys and uh, good showing for them, you know, both in the NASCAR and in the Dirt world. And, um, you know, Glad to be able to let Bloomsbury let us cover the races there. And I know in a few weeks we'll have the USAC East Coast Sprint Cars back there as well. So a um, lot going on. Uh, like I said, Port Royal with the World Event Law Late Models and the 410 Sprints and Seals Grove Speedway with the past 305 Sprint Cars and also with the uh, USAC East Coast Wingless Sprint Cars as well. Well, Kyle, uh, racing is back and it's doing well. So, uh, Glad you got to experience it. I'll be at St. Louis at, at the uh, Worldwide Technology for the inaugural race of uh, Cup here real soon. Rowdy, the inaugural Xfinity Series race at Gateway was actually a 300-mile race. So uh, still one, considered one of the longest ran races ever in the NASCAR Xfinity Series since its inception in 1982. And... Uh, you know, I think Montreal 2009 goes up with there as well. So it was good to uh, see them, good to have Gateway on the schedule. 25 years at Gateway. Hey, I'm telling you, it's going to be good. It's going to be good for the sport to be there. They've got great, great uh, following. So, I, I mean, it, it's, if you hadn't got a ticket, you better get your ticket and get there early. Uh it's a place that you need to get there early. It's it's an event. They, they, uh, I, it, it leaves me speechless. It, it, they really got a great midway outside, Kyle. Uh, you know, they got the drag strip. All that tied into one. A great racing facility. John Bishi and his group do a wonderful job there. And, you know, Kyle, that track was two weeks from being demolished that's that's how close we almost come to losing that track but kyle i'm going to play uh the stewart freezing and go go with that let's let's cover the truck series all right, we are now joined by Stuart Friesen, driver of the number 52 Halmar International Toyota for Halmar Friesen Racing, winner of tonight's NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race from Texas Motor Speedway. Stuart, an overtime finish brings you to your first win of the season. Take us through the race from your perspective, especially those uh, closing laps. Um, it was hectic. Um, I kind of wanted to race Eckes head-to-head because I thought we had a little better truck. We had passed them once earlier, and uh, these green-white checkers <laughs> rarely go in my favor. Um, just needed to hit a clean restart. It's probably the best restart I've hit in my career, and um, we were able to race with them and then and then throw a big slider uh, on one and two and get clear. Uh, you know, big thanks to Priest. He, he pushed the snot out of me, so I knew the odds were a little bit more in our favor when he lined up with us, so I uh, appreciate him for that. Um, and yeah, our, our TRD Pro was, was fast. Big thanks to Halmar, Chris Larson. This has just been a, a huge building effort for the past three years, and uh, it, it's awesome to finally get one. Well, congratulations. We will now open up to questions. If you have a question for Stuart, please raise your hand. We will get a wireless microphone to you. Start with Jerry Jordan. Jerry Jordan, kickingthetires.net. Just talk about that last lap going through there, and you know, it looked like coming through three and four, Eckes was going to dive bomb you, and uh, but obviously you pulled away. When you made your move, were you worried that he might come back like that? A little bit. I knew once we got clear off of two, it was going to be tough for him to get back underneath to, to side draft. So I uh, just tried to go in the bottom of three and then slide back across. He, he did a really good job blocking the air before that. 
so uh, kind of just did the same thing he did. We got in there in the bottom three and split across and, and um, you know, kept him on our bumper and not, you know, next to our quarter. Thank you. Come up front. Joey Barnes, Motorsports Tribune. Um, I was kind of curious about the grip level out there. I mean, just l the surface, we're trying to get it to age a little bit, and I know there's some traction compound and whatnot going on. Uh, just kind of looking at that maybe compared to what you experienced last time. Yeah, it, it moved around a lot. The traction compound really wasn't there early. Uh, then Priest found it and got to our quarter and wanted two and got by. So, um, you know, being the leader, just we're kind of in the wrong place there. So it started to come in, and then it w I thought it was going to be just dominant, like you wouldn't be able to get out of it. And then beginning of the third stage, it's like the bottom kind of came back. Like it, like it really got even. There was a good bottom and one and two, a good top, uh, both ends. So that kind of surprised me, and um, you know, I think it made the racing better because of it. But I thought once it gripped up, it was just going to be freight train around the top, and it, it didn't. That bottom kind of came back to life, so um, that was pretty cool. Thank you. Additional questions for Stuart? Uh, L.A. Stern, Santa Maria Times. Is this the breakthrough win you you and your team needed, and what does it say for you guys going ahead? I certainly hope so. It's been uh, a trying three years, you know, building this with 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 Chris and and Everett Helmar and Trip, and you know, moving John to crew chief last year was it was a strong move for us. It let Trip focus on everything else uh, in the business and um, or in the organization. So it's been it's been tough. You know, we've had some good trucks, but we really you know, especially lately, we haven't been able to put a whole race together for whatever reason. We've been fast in parts, but but not the whole thing. And you know, tonight we we came up, we practiced strong, we we time trialed very strong, and then um, obviously race strong. So uh, hopefully, you know, a lot of long hours are, are paying off, and uh, and we can keep the momentum going. So um, it's good. You know, back when we were with GMS and got a couple wins in 2019, uh, you know, they came late in the year. So it's nice to get one during this stretch, and uh, and something we can build off of. We'll go back to Jer uh, Jerry. Uh, follow up real quick. Uh, sort of along those lines, next week you can go to Charlotte, and then you've got uh, Gateway. Just your thoughts going into Charlotte and then uh, moving on to uh, Gateway, which is uh, I think you've raced there before. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've raced them all many times. Uh, I like Charlotte. It's fun. There's a lot of character there. And, uh, you know, I really like the mile and a half. So, uh, obviously, our mile and a half program is really good. And then going into Gateway, you know, we've been strong there. We, we missed a little bit there last year. But it's a, it's a fun track, um, a very technical track. So, um, you know, everybody always asks, like, what's your favorite track and which one? Like, I like them all. You know, this has been a blessing just to race at this level. Um, and I embrace every every track. Really looking forward to Sonoma. Uh, I believe our road course program is probably something we've improved on the most over the last couple of years. So, so looking forward to that one, too. We are also joined up front by John Leonard, crew chief of the number 52. If you have questions for either gentleman up front, please uh, raise your hand. We'll get a wireless microphone. To you. And uh, NASCAR wanted me to address the, my patch, it being a little bit uh, out of date with with Gander and <laughs> Camping World. Uh, big thanks to Marcus, everybody at Camping World, for coming on board with us with, with Todd Bernine, um, you know, our, our second truck team. And this was just my my lucky fire suit. I wore my other one, and uh, I don't know if I didn't really slim down this year like I did in years past, but the other one was getting kind of tight, and this one had a lot of luck in it. So uh, I kind of didn't <laughs> remember that it had the old logo. Um, but we'll have to get Simpson to uh, fix it up for next week. <laughs> well, John, we also know that this is your first NASCAR Camping World Truck Series Boom! victory. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, talk a little bit about that. What does that mean to you? Yeah, it's um, it's been a it's been a long time coming. It's um, everybody here at HFR has put me in a in a good spot. A lot of a lot of guidance from Trip and and everybody here and everybody's kind of pulling the same rope and. And we put in the hours and the effort, and uh, couldn't be with a uh, better guy. So um, proud of everybody, and and hope this is the first of a lot more coming. So. Absolutely. Any additional questions for either gentleman up front? All right. Well, congrats. <laughs> Need Memorial Day plans? Look no further than the Heroes Honor Festival. Join Toby Keith, Justin Moore, Craig Morgan, and special guests including Ron DeSantis in honoring our veteran heroes May 27th and 28th at the Daytona Speedway. Every ticket per... All right, Kyle. Stuart Friesen bringing it home in Victor Lane for 2022. 
very popular win, uh, you know, especially with the dirt guys in the Northeast, the 2021 Northeast, uh, Northeastern PA driver, dirt driver of the year. And, um, you know, finally get to the victory lane. First win for Toyota under him, under, uh, for Stuart Friesen. So, um, they're in the playoffs now. And I know he, he had two runner ups at Texas in the past and finally got that monkey off his back. And his first win on a mile and a half too, forgot to mention that. So, uh, yeah, they're looking really good right now, and uh, I only expect them to continue, you know, especially with the KBM horsepower. Well, Kyle, before we move on to Tyler Reddick and, and him and the Xfinity win, let's talk just a few minutes about the Arkham Menard Series on Friday night, May the 27th. It's going to be at 6 Eastern time, and it's on FS1. It's the General Tire 150, man, and uh pretty decent entry list. Yeah, uh, Rowdy, they have one previous winner in the field, Brandon Jones, coming back to the number 81 Toyota. Um, I'm almost certain it's a sister car to the 18, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, but it looks like they're going to have two entries, KBM, with the 18 of Drew Dollar and the 81 of Brandon Jones. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, Corey Himes back uh, on the 20 for Venerating Motorsports. Um, I have not seen the entry list out. I, I'm not sure if it's out yet. But um, I know on the ARCA pit box, I know they kind of had, they were hinting at some names. So, uh, you know, so yeah, Parker Chase back in the 15, trying to get some more track time uh, for Venerini Motorsports. So kind of where we're at right now. I'm not sure if we're going to see any other surprises. Uh, Brandon Jones coming back to the ARCA Menard Series. First time in a while um, he's run the series. So, uh, you know, been good to Charlotte. Uh, not surprised if he wound up winning the race. He won the first, the return back in 2018. Um, a 14-year hiatus for the Arkham Menard Series at Charlotte, and now it's been it's well, except for 2020, they've been back. So um, good to see Charlotte on the schedule, and I think we're going to hopefully see a good race come Friday night. Uh, Kyle, look, I think the schedule. I thought the lineup was out. Uh, I believe it is because I I thought I had posted it uh, because. Con Nicolopoulos is going to be driving one of the cars. Uh, look through them. But that's that's going to, I didn't know if I said if it was going to be at 6 Eastern on FS1, uh, Kyle. So it's going to be on FS1. So several people have already asked. Yeah, that 06 car, Rowdy, uh, they ran pretty well the last race uh, with Zachary Tinkle. Uh, they ran really well, and you said Khan's back in the car this week, right? Uh, uh, they had, from the way I had looked at it before the show, come, I come in on the show, that's what it looked like. Uh, Kyle's trying to pull it back up. Anyway, uh, that's will be their that's the fifth Arkham Menard series race, Kyle. That's right, Rowdy. Uh the fifth time uh or, yeah, the fifth race there since they they returned, actually the fourth. Um 2018, 2019 and 2021. So, um 2020's race got moved to Kentucky. Um was originally on the schedule, but uh got moved I think cuz the, uh, they moved the All-Star race to Texas. But, uh, yeah, um, Charlotte, I, I always felt like it's been a staple for the Arkham Menard Series. Um, you know, I, I have to thank Charlie Crawl for this one. You know, they, they made their first start there in 1964, um, 32 years in between starts in 1996 when uh, Tim Steele was really the, the, the man of steel at that point, uh, winning at Charlotte. So, um, yeah, 96 to 2004. And, and, Rowdy, I know we just had the all-star race, but um, I kind of missed that, that Arkham Menard's race, Menard Series race before the Winston or the all-star race. Um, I know that's how they used to do it, you know, a hundred miler before the, the all-star race for NASCAR. And, um, you know, but it's good to have the Arkham Menard series back, you know, a double header with the truck series Saturday, Friday night. Um, should be a really good ticket, um, you know, to have the Arca truck double header, um, then the Xfinity series on Saturday and the Coke Cole 600 on Sunday. So, um, if you're out in the Charlotte area, try to get out there, um, what going on cup qualifying Saturday night, um, for the Coke Cola 600, a little different than it's been in the past, you know, normally on a Wednesday or Thursday night, but uh, on a Saturday night this year. So, um, yeah, looking forward to, you know, to being in the stock car capital of the world, or the, the hub at least if you want to call it, 
um, Charlotte. So uh, good to, you know, it's a home game and, you know, there's a lot at stake. Yeah. Uh, easy, you know, really it's in their backyard, uh, right down from the track. Yeah. So it gives them kind of a, I like it, Kyle, because it gives them a little time to be at home with a family and the family come and see what they do for a living. And uh, it, it, that's one of the reasons I like going. Got to go to some of the shops and see what uh, some of our friends do in the shop. And it's uh, pretty neat. Uh, neat place to make a living. Uh, Charlotte's the hub for racing. But, uh, Kyle, we got the interview of Tyler Reddick on that Xfinity race. If you're, on, you're ready for that. Big Machine Racing Chevrolet winner of today's NASCAR Xfinity Series race from Texas Motor Speedway. Tyler, come you on. Brought, you have brought Big Machine <laughs> Racing their first uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series victory. Talk a little bit about what that means to you and just how you were able to park it in victory lane today. Uh, it's it's a huge deal for me. Um, I know how hard everyone at Big Machine Racing has, has worked to to get to where they're at today. Uh, from where they started, and to, to be a part of that, oh, um, you know, over the last two races, um, and and go to work at making the cars better, trying to figure out what what it's going to take to get them to where they're wanting to perform and perform is was a was a huge and exciting opportunity for me. And uh, we were we we were pretty good at Darlington, but we you know as a whole you know between us and, and RCR and colleague, we weren't really happy with where our cars were, and uh, we really went to week over the last or work went to work over the last two weeks using that off week. Yeah, I messed it up, Marissa. Yeah, thank you. I think you're the only one laughing. But, uh, yeah, uh, we had to go to work. And uh, we, we certainly found some things, made the cars better. And uh, we were expecting it to be more in the right direction when we got here to Texas. Uh, but for our cars to have the speed that they did uh, when we got here was, was pretty pretty unreal. So just hats off to everyone at RCR, Big Machine Racing, for going to work uh, and, and making these cars better. Well, congratulations, and we will now open up to questions from the media. Just a reminder, if you have a question, please raise your hand. We will get a wireless microphone to you. We'll start up front with Luis Torres. Luis Torres, the podium finish. You obviously came into this team that has had good qualifying runs with Jay, and then they make the big changes. How is it to get a good run, especially with the sense of urgency you might have had after coming up short at Darlington to bring this today? Was that a hype joke? Was that a hype joke? I'm just kidding. <laughs> we definitely came up short at Darlington. We were we were really fast and yeah, you know, just made the mistake late in the going and well, to be honest with you, made a mistake really early in that race. Got a lot of damage to our car and for us to still fight back was huge, but then made another mistake at the end. So for us to bounce back uh, after how Darlington went was, was just was really, really important to come out and run good here. But yeah, you know, the, the, the team uh, you know, is putting in all the work to, to, to be competitive. And, uh, you know, they, they, they wanted me to come in and, and try and help them figure out what they needed to do to, to make the cars better and get to victory lane. Uh, you know, we knew that we were going to make the cars better, but, I mean, it's pretty cool that we were able to, after Darlington, you know, go to work and next time out, here we are sitting with the trophy. We'll go next to Bob Hawker. <coughs> uh, Bob Hawker, Fox Sports. How did the resin impact the race and especially kind of lane choice there for the restart? It about ended my day at the very start there. Uh, I, I tried to work it in the beginning of the race, and I, I took the outside. Me and Noah talked about it. We, we felt like the bottom was going to be better. So um, I tried to make the outside work there, and it was it was not there right away. I, I slid all the way back to 14th, I think, um, in the opening laps of the race, just trying to hang on for dear life. So uh, it, it, it reminded me, you know, more of, of how PJ1's acted here uh, in the past. You know, resin at some of these other tracks, it, it certainly – um, takes not as doesn't take as much time to activate and is not as dominant, but it, it definitely seemed a little bit more dominant uh, today than I expect resin to act uh, at other tracks. So, thankfully though, our car drove good in the resin. It drove good out of it around the white line at the bottom of the racetrack, but it certainly played a huge role in, in restart choices um, and how just you you approach the lap to to get the most speed out of your car. So next, Gary Jordan. Jerry Jordan, kickoff 
Uh, obviously, lots of crashes and uh, contact out there. How did you avoid it? And uh, you know, what was it like uh, in the driver's seat? It was big. It was really big. Uh, in practice, yeah, you know, right before we qualified, I was joking with William. Like I, he he pretty much let me go in and turn three yesterday in practice, and I all but wrecked us both. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be a pretty tough race. You know, I've gotten used to the Cup car where you can drive to someone's inside and. You you get tight instead of loose, but with these cars, you get you get really loose. You lose the rear side force. Um, the car wants to come around, so uh, yeah, it was it was a bit challenging being pinned on the bottom at times. But uh, yeah, there was some some chaos happening in front of us. It just you know you could make passes, but you had to work really really hard and have a extremely high level of commitment in a turn one. And depending on what your car drove like, it pretty much boxed them into be you know it, it would either allow you to to try and make it a move into one, or you would that would take it away from you. So track position was difficult and uh you know it was no surprise to see there was some chaos around us but yeah there was a few big moments right in front of me that i don't know how we got through but thankfully we did additional questions for tyler well we got through it thanks to keith there we go keith keith barnwell guided me through it there we go yes sir all right we'll go back to bob hawkins Chris Fox Sports. So tomorrow in the All Star race, with their you know the restart very short. I mean, does how will that how does the resin play into will play into the choice of anybody besides the front row? Absolutely. Uh, we saw it today. It was very interesting. Even though it's it's pretty warm out and everything, um, the resin wasn't the place to be. Probably the first lap or two uh, on brand new cold tires. And, I mean, we leave pit road, and we're trying to scrub them in. We're trying to do everything we can. But I expect that to probably be worse uh, tomorrow because of the cooler temperatures. Uh, I think between that and just how the cup cars are edgier, uh, it might take more time for the resin to come in uh, than it did today for our Xfinity cars. So that will certainly play a role in, uh, on how everything's going to go. But we're going to see that pretty quickly here today in practice when we fire off on, on cold tires here in a few hours. Go back to Gary. Um, different topic, but earlier today Christopher Bell was in here and they're going to do this Christopher Bell micro race, uh, huge micro race uh, in September. I know you, it's been a while I think that you've done micros, but would you be interested in doing, you know, jumping into a $10,000 to win uh, micro race? I mean, uh, I've actually ran at Millbridge uh, the last couple of weeks, or last couple of, t well not every week, but a few times here in the last month um, on, on Wednesdays, um, driving in. Um, uh, Josh White's dad's car, and then driving in um, Matt Carver's car last Wednesday. So getting back into mini sprints has been fun. I'm trying to make some laps. It had been about a 15-year gap between uh, when I had last driven one and when I tested one a little while ago uh, before we raced. So I certainly would, but I don't know where – I don't know whose car I'd run, what I'd do, or um, I'd probably have to ask Richard and a few people for permission before I get too out of too carried away. Marissa's head nodding. She agrees. So we'll see, but hopefully. Luis, did you have another question? Thought I saw your hand. Okay. All right. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for joining us, and congratulations again. Thank you, guys. All right. Tyler Reddick there in Xfinity win at Texas. Uh, man, what a way to end Texas All-Star race with a caution at the very end. Kind of wonder why you drop a flag like that. So close to the end. Hey, we got Ryan Blaney, a well-deserving win, regardless. Uh, good to see the all-star race there in Texas. All right, everyone. We are now joined by tonight's winner of the all-star race, Ryan Blaney, driver of the number 12 Ford for Team Penske. Ryan, I'm going to ask you what everybody in this room is thinking. You just won a million dollars. What are you going to do with it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really spend a lot of money, so probably put it in the bank or put it towards a retirement fund. I don't know, uh, but we'll see. I might buy a new set of tires for or a new motor for Dad's Sprint Car team. That's probably what I'll do. I'm sure that's what he wants me to do. Uh, he's got this brand new uh, motor he wants. So, uh, but no, just a, a really fun night. Um, really fast race car, and uh, you know we were up there in position to win the race, and, and we were able to do that. Awesome. Okay, if you have a question for Ryan, raise your hand. We'll get a mic to you. We're going to start with Justin here in the middle, and then we'll go to Bob. 
Uh, Justin Schuler kicking the tires. Uh, first off, congratulations. But let's, uh, I guess the other elephant in the room is that last restart. Um, did you, obviously, I'm guessing you think you won because you look like you took the window net down maybe. Mm -hmm. And then, so walk us through that. Like what's going on? Is your spotter or anyone else kind of walking you through it? Yeah, I mean, we, uh, yeah, so coming off of four, uh, you know, I guess Kosh came out 300 feet or so before the line. And um, I, I, none of us knew that uh, you had to see the checkered flag, I guess. I, I, I think we just got locked in our heads of, you know, you take the leader takes the white flag, next flag in his race. And uh, I guess that wasn't the case, but we all thought it. I mean, I thought it. Josh said, you know, we won. Jonathan got on the radio and said, congrats, you know. So I got to the backstretch. I took my window net down, and and I didn't. Uh, and then Josh told me off before. He said the race, it, you know, they're saying that the race isn't over, and uh, you need a end under green. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that caught all of us off guard, and and uh, so it, it was kind of short-lived panic mode in my spot of like, how the hell am I going to get this window net back up? Because I mean, it takes almost takes two people to do it outside the car. And let alone me, uh, my scrawny arms inside the car sitting down, not being able to get a lot of leverage on it. And I was, I could get like millimeters away from latching it uh, and I'd have to give up. My shoulder is going to be junk in the morning. Uh, but I was able to get it latched finally uh, enough to where it was up and, and sealed So and, and NASCAR uh, deemed it safe. So um, yeah, very, very odd, wild, um, but luckily it, it worked out for us that the best car ended up winning the race. So NASCAR did let you know or let you know that the window net was good and you're cleared to for that final restart? They deemed it safe uh, on the back stretch coming to the green because it was up and latched and I had two hands on the wheel and uh, that was our call. We'll go up here in the front of Bob. Chris Fox Sports, I have a couple of the first, uh, I mean, <laughs> Were you, when you restart in that moment after you've gone through all that you had gone through, are you like, man, I just can't lose this race? Or are you like thinking, oh, I'm going to go through this and still lose this race? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, had to switch mindsets up really quickly, kind of a few different mindsets from thinking you win the race to, no, nope, you got to go through another restart to, uh-oh, my window net's down. How am I going to get this up? And, I mean, the whole caution I spent trying to get that thing latched and up. And... Um, you know, I, I didn't finally get it. You know, I finally got it on the front stretch with, with the choose, and I had less than a lap to, uh, to do it. And if you had not gotten it latched, would you have made them black flag you, or would you have felt like, man, I can't race like that, and would you have come down pit road um, voluntarily? I wouldn't go pit. We are going to go up to the press box for a question or two. Jerry Jordan kicking the tires that net. It's got a couple. Um, how grueling was that mentally, um, knowing that you let the window net down and then you hear that the race wasn't over, thinking that you had just secured a million bucks? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, a lot of change in emotion. Um, you know, it's kind of, you know, my whole goal after I found that out was just how am I going to get this window net back up? And, uh, you know, what can I do to, to do it? And, uh, you know, that was my main mindset for however many laps ran under caution, a handful. And, uh, I mean, I was up in the middle of the racetrack and not even paying attention to my tires or cleaning them up or nothing. I was just trying to get that thing latched. And, and then finally got it and had, like, half a lap to clean my stuff up and finally get back into race mode and restart mode of, like, okay, you got to switch your mindset up. you got to hit this restart and, and hold the 11 and 2 off and win the race. Uh, so you didn't have a lot of time to kind of get your head, get my head in the right mindset, but luckily was able to get it close enough to the right mindset to get a good restart and get a good push from the two and, and uh, get up in front of the 11 and, and hold them off. So, yeah, definitely don't want to go through all those different uh, mindsets again. That was grueling, and um, luckily it worked out for us. And also, after the race, Denny said uh, fail on NASCAR's part basically for uh, not black flagging you. Um, because you know people make mistakes and it's cost them, you know, wins in the past. 
uh, your thoughts on that? Will you, and he, he posted something, obviously, on Twitter as well. I'm sure he posted on Twitter right away. And, uh, I mean, I'd be upset, too, if I was in his, his position. I mean, you're running second, and, you know, the guy makes a mistake and puts the window net down, and you expect, you know, it to be handed to you and, and the leader get black flagged. So um, I can understand his frustration uh, for sure. Um, but obviously I'm not going to say I'm frustrated about it. I mean, it worked out for us. We had the best car all night. We were leading by three seconds before the last caution. So, uh, But I can understand where he's coming from. Um, but that's just the product of running second compared to winning, you know. He would be over the moon elated in my position if he won the race, and I'd be ticked off just like he would if I was second. So it just kind of depends on the spot you are, so can't blame him. Any other questions from the press box? No? We're going to go down here to Luis and then Holly. Luis Torres, the podium finish. With this win, just describe the dynamic of you and Jonathan so far this season. Of course, in the regular campaign, you racked up a lot of points in terms of consistency. But what does it mean just to get this win and a million dollars for him in the organization? Well, it's awesome. Um, you know, it's something that we've been, I know it's not a points race, but we've been really close to winning, you know, races all year. And, and I feel like we've had good speed and um, we've been working really hard to do it. And, um, you know, to get our first you know, win, I want to call it a win together uh, as driver and crew chief, uh, it's, it's really cool and uh, really special. So, and it's neat, you know, I feel like we came to the track this weekend with uh, kind of a little bit different mindset and how we approach things uh, with our race car and set up. And I felt like it had great potential. I felt like our car was really fast all night. So um, a lot of positives leading out of this, um, a lot of momentum going back to, you know, Charlotte and um, a lot of things to build off of. So I'm just proud of the effort. I mean, like I said, our car was really fast all weekend um, and it showed tonight. Go to Holly. Hey, Ryan, Holly Kane with the NASCAR Wire Service. You kind of mentioned it, but when you had that overtime restart, how much were you telling yourself, I am not going to lose this now? I mean, what, what was that like? What was that motivation you had to immediately switch on and be like, I am not going to lose this at this point? Yeah, I mean, it's, it was tough to do, um, kind of switching gears of, of, uh, of, okay, now it's back to the job that you've been doing all night and, um, you know, hitting a good, having a good restart and getting through one and two right and, um, I didn't get through one or two very good either, to be honest, because I you know, kind of didn't be able to, my tires weren't really that cleaned up because I was riding in the middle lane the whole time looking at my window net trying to get it up. So, um, yeah, it was, you know, tough to kind of switch gears, but I, I feel like I've been able to do that fairly easily. That's, a, that's cutting it a little bit too close for my liking on timing on switching mindsets and gears and, and uh, kind of forgetting things and moving on to the next thing. I try to do that, you know, quickly. Uh, but I don't want to ever have to do that, do it that quickly ever again. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just tell yourself, try to do everything you can all night, and and have the two. You know, he gave me a good push, and and try to time that really well. And you know, I knew if I could get clear off of two, I you know had a good shot at it. Uh, so um, yeah, definitely a tough one. But uh, yeah, it was it was nice we were able to work it out and get a good restart and um, drive off in the sunset there. So. Any final <laughs> question? We're gonna go back to Bob, and then we'll go to Don in the front. A couple more. Just did, did, did you have it up enough that you felt safe on the final two laps? I felt perfectly safe. And in any in any sort of weird way, did the window net deal potentially um, distract you from the anger of that the race was still con being continued? Um. Yeah, a little bit. I was uh, I was angry for about three seconds uh, when they said the race wasn't over yet, and then it switched to. Oh shit! My window net's down, and I got another problem I got to deal with. Uh, so <laughs> I feel like that did kind of take my head away from uh, you know getting upset that the race wasn't over. But I would have rather not had the window net issue and just dealt with. Man, I got to get another restart. You know, honestly, because we do that stuff all the time. You know, the window net deal. That's a pretty. That never happens. Hi, Ryan. Don Hall, Track Smack Radio. Um, silly question for you, but I've seen 18 years of Victory Lane celebrations, and I don't know that I've seen someone quite as excited to get to fire off the six shooters as you. <laughs> I took some really cool pictures of it, but tell me a little bit about that moment, because I know for a lot of guys, they, they live to, to fire off the six shooters. I mean, I've been wanting to do that ever since I was a little boy, watching Dad race here. I mean, watching guys win the race here, see the pictures of them shooting those guns, hearing them shoot guns after the race when we're in the bus with my dad changing. 
Uh, I've wanted those little guns. I wanted those guns ever since I was a little kid, and I got a, uh, a repeater rifle here when I won the poll in 2018, and that's my favorite gun that I own. And the, I wanted those six shooters so badly, and uh, finally got them. So I'm excited. I couldn't stop asking those guys, like, when are you going to mail them to me? When are you going to mail them to me? I'm going to probably look at holsters when I get home, walk around like a cowboy in my hat with my six shooters on my side. So I know what I'm going to be for Halloween, that's for sure. But yeah, I, just, I just wanted those ever since I was a little boy, and that's really cool to be able to get them. Go back to Justin right here in the middle. You've had a lot of races get away from you. Um, how does it feel to finally have that come back around where this one almost got away from you and you're able to seal the deal? Yeah, that's, that went through my mind also. My gosh, we've, I mean, got this thing in the bag. I'm just riding around, you know, the last 15 laps, cruising along, car super fast, and, you know, just thinking, okay, when's the caution? When's the problem going to happen? What's going to happen now that we, we lose the race? So it's nice that, you know, one has, you know, I wouldn't say gone smoothly for us, uh, but we were able to persevere and, and come out on top and, and win the race like like I felt like we should have. You know, there's been a lot of races where I felt like we should have won because we had the car and we our guys did a really good job and deserved to win. There's some races I felt like, okay, maybe we didn't have the fast enough car to win, but kind of things went our way. But it was nice that tonight we had a really fast car and, and you know, we did everything almost right and uh, was able to, you know, be able to come out with the victory even through kind of some adversity so that was something I'm really proud of those guys for uh, so they did a, they did a good job of keeping their head also any final questions for Ryan we'll go right over there to the right congrats Ryan uh, Raphael Wait. with uh, Arconic question for you when how does that what momentum does that give you going into the 600 yeah it's definitely great momentum um, like I said, we kind of we kind of came here unloading, uh, you know, with a little bit different approach to what we normally do week in and week out with car setup stuff, uh, and I thought it was very positive. We were very fast all weekend, so that gives you confidence that hey, your car was really fast. Obviously, you win the race is great, but I take away like man, our car was really fast. We made big gains on the speed side of it, um, to where I feel like we've lacked a little bit here, you know, the last month. So. I'm very proud of that, and you know Charlotte has its similarities to here a little bit. Um, so there's some things we can really carry over uh, to this. So I'm, I'm very proud of the, the effort and the gains that we made from a speed perspective, and it shows. And winning is just a bonus. So um, looking forward to Charlotte, Charlotte next week, and, and hopefully keep building and keep finding speed in your cars. Final question. We're gonna go right here in the middle. Dominic Aragon with the Racing Experts in ESPN Radio Albuquerque. This All-Star win, how does it compare to the other seven cup wins or other wins in any of NASCAR's top touring national series? Where does it rank? It's definitely, oh, man. I'm going to say it's the most unique one, but I've been a part of a couple of unique ones. Um, this is oddly unique. Uh, it's, it's, I'm never going to forget this one because, I mean, just it wasn't like, oh, hey, we had the race won, cost came out, all right, we had a great restart, won the race. Uh, we had that whole deal going on, so definitely kind of going to remember that one. I wouldn't say it's as special as you know, like my first win or something like that, uh, but it's <laughs> it's definitely up there. So um, something to remember. I'm gonna have to try to frame that window net and uh, put it over my mantle on my fireplace or something. Be kind of cool, but very unique night. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ryan. Congratulations. Right, thank you guys. Appreciate it. All right, Ryan. <coughs> Ryan Blaney gets away with a little bit of window net issue there that now you understand why some folks was complaining fiercely about it. But, hey, they didn't call it. Congratulations to Ryan Blaney and uh, his victory at Texas and All-Star. Hey, you got to shoot off his six-shooters there at Victory Lane. If you have not, go on nascar.com and, and check out that video those videos are pretty incredible from texas now they put on a show there uh absolutely do but hey uh memorial day plans not a bad way to spend it right here
Need Memorial Day plans? Look no further than the Heroes Honor Festival. Join Toby Keith, Justin Moore, Craig Morgan, and special guests including Ron DeSantis in honoring our veteran heroes May 27th and 28th at the Daytona Speedway. Every ticket purchased sponsors a veteran to attend. Plus, enjoy activities for the whole family. Kids 12 and under free. Get your tickets today at HeroesHonorFestival.com. That's HeroesHonorFestival.com. Um, sure. Yeah, so, so obviously I think, you know, everybody, you know, knows that we probably prematurely called that yellow flag. Um, you know, the way that works in the tower is that we're all watching around the racetrack and, um, we make the, you know, obviously the race director who has the button and makes the call is, is the final say of when the yellow gets put out. We all watch, and we saw the car and mentioned the car against the wall, riding the wall down the back straightaway. And the race director looked up, and I'm not sure what he saw, but he immediately put it out. So, um, wish we wouldn't have done that, but we did that, and we'll we'll own that we probably prematurely uh, put that caution out. What about the window net? Denny Hamlin was pretty frustrated. He said it was a safety situation. NASCAR always talks about that. What were the decisions made by NASCAR there? So, I'm, you know, again, I think obviously Ryan Blaney thought he won the race. Um, another byproduct of kind of special rules of the All-Star because every other race that we do besides this one, he would have won the race when the caution flag came out. So, they were celebrating. He put the window net down. We saw him struggling to get it back up, but coming to green, um, he was warming his tires back back on the back straightaway. You could clearly see both hands on the wheel warming the tires up. The window net was up. No way for us to know if he got it 100% latched or not. And at that point in time, no way we can be certain that he didn't get it latched. So there's no way we could call him down pit road at that time. Did you consider having him come down pit road to check and if it was latched, it back? Well, that would have that would really have kind of gone out of character and been out of anything else that we have ever really done. So um, there was some speculation about doing that up there, but I think yeah. Um, you know, like I said, um, we saw it, and we no way we would have could have known that it was uh, latched properly or not. But that that's where we are on that so one. So if it wasn't latched, would it have been, you would have latched? If it was hanging down on the door, um, we we would have. If he couldn't if he couldn't get it to where it was up, and we had some doubt that it was you know latched, then we would have then we would have had to do something with it because we wouldn't have allowed him to start if it was just laying down on the door. Would you have thought about, you know, bringing him in, having him fix it, and because it is a special situation race, give him back where he was at? Did you think that's about a, that? That's what, that's what Bob asked just a second ago. Um, yeah, we speculated about doing that, but that would have been pretty out of character to bring someone down pit road and then put him back in the spot that, that they came out of. There was a tweet from Dale Jr. And the only reason I bring it up is that it's going to get a lot of attention during the week. Sure. He said NASCAR is gladly going to let you debate the window net. So as you don't reflect on how ridiculous that yellow flag situation was, as Blaney was crossing the finish line to win. No, we're not. We don't. We don't deflect from anything. We we pretty much own what we do. So I would have to dispute the Dale Jr. quote. <laughs> So, so one of the things that we get, so here's, here's a little bit of insight for y'all. So we do the same, you know, I think I've been at NASCAR for seven years and we've operated under the same rules for races, you know, little tweaks here and there, but pretty much the way that we operate the tower, the things that happen on the track, you know, it's, we, we, do the same thing over and over and over again and every Tuesday 
almost without fail, a situation crops up that we need to talk about, that we, need, that we learn from. And doing the same thing over and over again, and we still learn and still learn how to do things better. And then when we institute all these special rules that we always get asked to do, we're, yeah, I mean, honestly, we're kind of setting ourselves up and the competitors up for problems like what we saw tonight. And I, I wish we could operate all-star races a little bit more under kind of no, our normal guidelines. When you make unique rules, do you ever sit down and think, well, maybe as you make them, we should be careful because as you re-look at this, you go back, look at another crazy race, and you're like, well, maybe that'll be hard to officiate. Well, we looked at, <laughs> we, we, made, we made revisions to the, the rules as early as this morning because you always have to look at all these different situations that could crop up. Here's a for instance. So we put those performance parameters in for those automatic spots from the stages and then we're thinking about all right, we're always thinking about okay, what could crop up and what could crop up on us? What awkward situation could we get in? And we're like, well what if we have a big wreck and they still finish 15th? but they're not on the lead lap. It's like, can't start a car that's not on the lead lap even though it's made that criteria. So this morning we changed the rules. It's like, it's that kind of stuff. And did we cover every single thing that it could have cropped up? Maybe, maybe not. You know, that's, that's the struggle with these special events is they're, they're different and they're out of character and they're, you know, all of us are doing things that we don't typically do. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Thanks everyone. Subscribe, follow. Appreciate it. Kyle, thanks. Congratulations, Stuart Brees and his race. Tyler Reddick, man, thanks for being who you are. And Ryan Blaney to Mr. 007. All right. Good night.